Welcome to episode 11 of Instant Expertise Marketing. As always, we appreciate you listening in. In our last episode, we talked about how we survived the loss of our biggest client and how we leveraged our experience to look for and close new clients. Today, we want to talk a bit more about prospecting for clients. We want to reiterate how important it is to define who you really want to have as a client or customer before you even start to look for your ideal prospects. I'm Yvette Brown, co-founder of X-Promos. I became an entrepreneur at 23 by starting a promotions agency with my then 29-year-old business partner, Sherry Nomaddy. Hi, and I'm Sherry Nomaddy. Even though we approach business from opposite ends of the spectrum, conclusions on how we help clients succeed. When you've owned your own business for as long as we have, you end up building up a pretty long list of lessons learned. Prospecting and pitching over the years has taught us countless lessons that we can cover in future episodes. But today, we want to focus on one important lesson. This lesson is honing in on the profile of your ideal prospect. <laughs> Good point about the lessons learned, Sherry. After years of trial and error, I think we've developed a great sense of who's a good match for us and who isn't. Since our primary focus is client service, that who relates to both the company and the main points of contact. Yes, indeed. We can now tell you whether or not you're going to be a good fit for a prospect during the discovery phase. It's not just about aligning our capabilities. Sometimes it's more about how a prospect views marketing, how they envision success, and how they perceive vendor relationships. In the past, we've taken on projects during slow times that we knew deep down were less than an ideal fit. We might have suspected from the beginning that the client was going to demand more of our time than the budget allowed or that they may have what we perceive to be an unrealistic vision of anticipated results. But when you have significant overhead with impressive offices and a growing staff to support, sometimes you have to ignore your instincts in order to keep everything afloat. And we've been there. You're conflicted because deep down, you know that the opportunity sitting in front of you is not ideal, or whatever that reason is. Maybe the prospect itself is just a little outside your wheelhouse, or perhaps your suspicion about the turnover on the client side is accurate, or you can see that you're battling an internal adversary who would really rather be working with someone else. Yet, you're facing cash flow challenges and taking this client seems like what you need to do to keep moving forward. You convince yourself that you can make it work, that you can, you know, through your own sheer will and determination, you can adapt to the needs of this client and that'll all work out in the end. But in the end, those relationships never work out as well as you would hope. Those clients end up becoming one-off projects instead of a long-term relationship. They don't get a great story to build your portfolio. You don't get that awesome recommendation so that you can show other prospects 
and you haven't really helped stabilize your cash flow, cash flow because you've wasted precious time on a relationship that you knew was going to end this way. Instead of bearing down and just finding more ideal prospects to begin developing those long-term relationships. Working with these less than ideal clients to cover our growing overhead without seeing that long-term return on investment was one huge reason why we pivoted and reinvented our agency about halfway through our business journey. That and the fact that we strayed away from the part of the business that brought us the greatest joy, which was working directly with clients to build campaigns that exceed their expectations. That's really true. For us, running the business wasn't nearly as fun as just working one-on-one -on -one with the client. Since we made that transition to minimizing staff and overhead so that we could more freely pick the clients we wanted to work with and the type of projects and campaigns that best suited our capabilities, business became much more fulfilling, both for us and for our clients. To make this happen, you need to thoughtfully piece together a profile of your ideal client. And that's not always easy. To really nail it, you need to go much further than just what's the industry profiles or basic demographics. You need to dig deeper into understanding not only who you want to work with, but who would turn into a raving fan of yours when you deliver your product or service. For whom can you change the game? It's really rewarding when you figure that out because it affects how you promote your business from the top of the funnel all the way to the bottom of the funnel. And when you get aligned, you can really thrive. You know, as marketers, we preach regularly that it is so much more expensive to get a new client than to keep an existing one. In fact, I was actually working on an advocacy program last week. Looking at the latest research, depending on which industry and report you read, Nowadays, it costs between five and 25 times more to acquire a new customer than to keep an existing one. Customer attention programs, something that one of our favorite clients referred to as the ugly stepchild inside many organizations, are finally starting to get their fair share of attention. Recent studies have shown that CMOs are now spending evenly along the whole customer journey from awareness to retention and advocacy. No longer is the obvious focus just on those shiny objects of lead generation at the top of the funnel. Marketers are now getting budget to increase revenue and profitability by driving not just upsells and cross-sells, but also customer loyalty and advocacy. So while there's an obvious lesson here, that you need to always work to keep your existing customers happy, there's an even more important lesson here. You can set yourself up for success by making sure that the majority of the potential future clients you're attracting fit your ideal prospect profile. Tightening up that customer avatar is a critical place to start. Yeah, we've actually helped many clients create and shape their customer avatars. Many of their customer avatars are, in my opinion, not thoroughly thought through enough to really attract or resonate. 
they kind of lack that human element. They don't go beyond the surface to connect with their customers and prospect human motivations. You might be asking yourself, well, then how do you succeed if you don't believe in their avatars? Good question. And the answer relates to what makes a prospect ideal for us. You know, we go all in with our clients. We know it's a hassle to break in a new vendor. So we make ourselves as low maintenance as possible. We ask for the minimum amount of resources we need. And then we spend our own time researching, exploring, and interviewing to get into the heads of the audiences that we are developing campaigns for. Ideal clients allow us to take a leap and make a deeper connection to the audience through the calls to action and rewards that we develop. Then those same clients come back for more. Why? Because we made them look good to their bosses, their team, and we are the ones that demonstrated a deeper understanding for their target audience. We see our ideal client avatar as something that continues to evolve. We are constantly mindful of the avatars and are trying to add insights as we continue to work with those ideal clients. Plus, we've expanded our base as we find new ways to serve other markets. So how do you go about creating or refining your own avatars? We use a common sense approach. It's compiled and refined over time. First, we had to get laser focused on what we do best. Like what we really do best. For us, the answer is not just marketing programs or even promotions for that matter. It's about what specific marketing challenges we overcome. What problems do we solve and for what kind of marketer? Over time, this messaging started to come together as we looked at our body of work and at our clients who gave us the opportunities to succeed. We realized that we do our absolute best work when we are given the freedom to explore innovative ways of connecting with the target audience. The aha moment for us is that our ideal client is someone who embraces innovation and change. Clients who aren't afraid to try something that hasn't been done before. Clients who allow us to, you know, color a little bit outside the lines. Clients who embrace our competency at finding workarounds to overcome, yeah, sometimes their internal obstacles. In reality, our absolute best work comes when there's a legitimate deadline. This keeps our client and our team focused on making results happen. We realized from compiling our avatars that not every ideal client had to be a Fortune 500, but they do have to have target audiences or KPIs to hit, an existing marketing budget, and they're already running marketing campaigns, and they're struggling with gaps in performance. That is, they need to have a problem that we can solve for them. So what do you do best? You know, like really, really do best. What big problem do you solve out there? And who would most benefit from you solving that problem? Look closely at your best customers. What makes them best? Start writing down those attributes and really work to figure out why it works. From there, you can profile those best customers a little more closely. 
Where do they hang out specifically? Those are the places that you're going to want to be seen so that you can attract others just like them. You know, I'm not going to lie. It is a challenge for us in that finding our best customers isn't that easy. They're not all hanging out in one Facebook group or have the same title or even work in the same industry. We don't have to find a huge crowd of prospects for our core business, and that's the plus. We focus on serving a small group of clients where we can have a deep relationship and make a significant impact. We've shared our quest for some of our, with some of our favorite clients. We've said, hey, we're working to find more clients like you because we really do see you as the ideal. So we start asking them, you know, do you hang out here or there? How do you connect with new resources, etc.? Sometimes their answers are surprising, which is why it's critical to ask your best customers questions that would help you find more prospects just like them. Hopefully your business is more easily targeted than ours, either by geography or niche or problems that you solve. For some clients, we focus on creating messaging for multiple business verticals, as we've discovered that many business people spend a lot of their time just keeping up with the happenings that's inside their own industry. We will definitely cover more on this in upcoming episodes. Meanwhile, take a fresh look at your own avatar. See how you can really tighten it up so that you're attracting the best kind of prospects from the very beginning and repelling out those bad ones. Thanks for listening and come back soon.